So, uh, what are they? The fucking dolls! The little people. <laughs> You're in the middle of the road, jackass! Can you tell me where cornbread is? Turkeys! Hello, everybody, and welcome to the show. We are Just Another Movie Night, and I am Scotty, and that is Joe. <laughs> I am Joe, and I am ecstatic. Because we are doing one of our favorite things, talking trash. Talking trash. But even better on top of that, we're in our second annual Turkey Fest. Turkey Fest. <laughs> <laughs> and we... And Turkey Fest to us means movies that are bad that we absolutely love. Oh, disclaimer. We have been drinking. We're going to tell you this. We uh, we decided that what we need is a little pep in our step. And there's nothing better to just enjoy the hell out of these favorite bad movies that we've seen way too many times. But then a couple of drinks. And we are... On round three. Um, round three. Round three right now for me is Elysian Night Owl Pumpkin Ale. It's freaking delicious. This yep. is not a paid endorsement. Just saying. It's, I wish. Yeah. And my friend bought, brought me over Samuel Adams Cherry Wheat, which I haven't had in probably six years. Yeah, Cherry Wheat's kind of like an old school thing. I haven't had one forever, so he held one for me. And I'm going to drink that with this movie because I think I need it. What are we talking about today? Because you're in charge, because this is your pick. Last okay. week I did my pick, which was Pieces. And this week you were doing what movie? Tell us all about okay, it. Okay, so we are doing uh, Dolls from 1986. This is directed by Stuart Gordon. And uh, I I got to say, I have a personal relationship with this movie. Do you know? I do. Uh, simply because I watched this movie as a kid so much. And, um, I, I mean, here's the thing. So like when I was young, my parents didn't like, like really put it like a, a limit on what I could watch. Like I couldn't watch like, you know, filthy movies on uh, HBO. They showed like, you know, nudity and stuff or sex. Um, but when it came to like horror movies, I was, I was okay. As long as there wasn't like, it was just, it was not just gratuitous sex all around, you know? Um, and this is one of those movies that my mom let me rent at the video store over and over and over. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I rented this. And uh, I was just in love with this movie. That's going to be our theme for the at least next week as well. Movies that we rented way too much. <laughs> uh, next week will be the same thing for I mean, me. Yeah, for real. So this week <laughs> is yours. Uh, that's funny yeah. you say that because I did have... Um, a lockdown. My mom did not want me to watch stuff, which if you've heard of any of our episodes where I'm, I'm making fun of myself, um, I had so many bad experiences. And my family, as much as my mom said don't watch certain things, I was watching those things by accident or because of her <laughs> and being scared to death. But you know when you're told don't do something, 
you do it 20 times more than mm-hmm. you're supposed to. And that's where I fell in love with horror. Mm-hmm. So I think you have the same thing. I feel like this movie is one of the reasons, one of the top five reasons I fell in love with horror. And also, I fell in love with dolls in general. Yeah, I'm, we, I think I'm, why, <laughs> I'm like obsessed with Chucky today yeah. because of movies like this. I think we have this connection. We have the same thing because this movie in particular produced by Charles Band. Charles Band. Who resonates with us both. Yes. Which is really another one of those reasons that when we met each other, mm-hmm. we uh, shared this love of these killer doll films that Charles Band was doing. Because you were watching dolls and I was heavily involved in Puppet Master when mm-hmm. I was a kid. Yes. I love the Puppet Master series. Yes. And if you see anything Charles Band, you... It feels like you're almost watching all of these movies over and over because he uses the same people mm-hmm. and he references his movies in the backgrounds and stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> and a character in this movie uh, that goes by Mr. Punch shows up in the background of one of the Puppet Master films. So mischievous Mr. Punch, yep. always making trouble. And the lead and the lead actor and one of the lead actors in this film is also the head of the Puppet Master series in part three on okay yes and we need to address that toulon yeah toulon another yes. puppet ma- uh, maker uh, uh, yes yes uh so so we have this connection <laughs> and you know i have to say this real quick is that you have a list when we met uh when we started sharing uh in our little uh obsession of movies when we started talking to each other for the first time we shared this and you had three movies and you said well i hadn't seen either I hadn't seen any of the three films. Mm-hmm. And I still, to this day, don't think I've seen one of them, which is really odd because we own it and you watch a lot, and I don't remember ever seeing it. So we'll get to that one day. But Which movie is that? That would be American Gothic. Okay, how dare you? <laughs> you have three films. So on one of our first uh, hanging out together, uh, we went to your place and we watched the movie Witchcraft. Right? Was it? No. No, Witchboard. Witchboard, Witchboard. starring Tony Katane. Yes. And uh, I was like, why? And uh, <laughs> we went back and forth sharing our movies that we love with each other. Okay, can we just say that my year, my year in, in horror history, okay, this is my year, is 1986. Every movie I love came out in either 1985 or 1986. And we're talking Return of the Living Dead, mm-hmm. Dolls, Witchboard. Um, I love that you can pinpoint one year. I mean, yeah. it's 1986 has been a very big year in horror for me. And I love 80s horror. And uh, it's, it's, a, my, it's my passion. 80s horror is everything. Yeah. For me, if I look back, I think that the 70s are a really big hit for me. Because I think, uh, what, Halloween is 78. Uh, when's The Exorcist? Exorcist was, I believe, 73. Is it? Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, um, Jaws? It, it Jaws was 76. I have a big love of the 70s horror films, yeah. which I wasn't even born yet. <laughs> and, uh, well, Halloween I was. But, uh, oh, I just aged myself for anybody listening. Oh, my God. Old. So I am an old fart. <laughs> and this cherry wheat is delicious. So we're, t- we're talking about dolls. Dolls. Okay. Dolls. It looked like a safe haven from the raging storm. It's an odd kind of place. Uh, Where'd your folks get it from, Boris Karloff? 
Their hosts seemed like the essence of hospitality. You can stay here as long as you like. Wonderful. But appearances can be very deceiving. The weather brings out creativity. It helps me in my work. What kind of work is that? Witchcraft? <laughs> <laughs> Never too old to play with dolls until you're dead. Dolls. I guess we should point out Stuart Gordon okay. is the director of this. Okay, one. now you know I'm going to tell you right now that the reason you should absolutely love Stuart Gordon so much. Well, I do. Is because he is a director of Reanimator, one of my favorite, yes. favorite corny movies. Yes, I sir. adore it. Yes, sir. So, you know what's so funny is so many people are in that same boat with me with the love of Reanimator mm -hmm. that they were actually angry about this film when it I was mean, made. It, I don't understand. Okay. Because it just mm -hmm. didn't fit that mold of what he does. I, okay. I, I have a. Um, well, he, he's done so many movies that we cherish. Like, I mean, just a lot of 80s schlock horror from, mm, from yeah. beyond and all that stuff. Just the fact that he's. He he doesn't he gives everything he's got, you know. Even though he's working with silly material, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he brings it. He does. He brings the best out of his actors. That's what I think. I he, mean, especially when we got Herbert West, Doctor Herbert West. Oh, so. one of my favorite people. Yeah. Um, yeah, mm -hmm. uh, Jeffrey Combs. Uh, yeah, yeah, I wish he was in. I would say this doesn't feel like Stuart and Gordon directed it. Really? Yeah, this feels very unlike him. He's usually more very very pushing the envelope and this movie seems a little more tame and it seems well, a little more wholesome in in its concept i mean I, a little bit and there is some blood and gore yeah you know but it's not as um it, it, it's got that comedy horror aspect just like reanimator had and this came out after reanimator so yes like, that's why fans were a little upset yeah and they were I hoping it, for this to be like that this was a little bit um directed more towards the i guess the oh God, how do you say it like mm, your casual horror watcher i guess yeah this you is know? an interesting one this is one of those movies that just feels like one of those up all night films mm -hmm. that for some reason kids could like check it out you know it does remind me more of charles band's uh puppet master it does it does it have has, a feeling of that because yeah. you kind of like like some of the characters mm -hmm. and you feel for the characters but there's also those assholes and there's killer puppets <laughs> again it does feel very in that vein. Yeah. And you can tell that um, Charles Band had something to do with this. Like, he produced, he was an executive producer on this. And you could tell, I don't know, it just because. Oh, just like his brother with the music. Yeah, yeah. the the music. And um, I, I'm, I don't know. I mean, I just, there's something about this film that, like, as a kid, I, like, when I tell you, like, we had a video store. <laughs> It's ridiculous to say video store. I love when you say it. I love talking about video stores. But uh, we had a video store that was right across the street from our apartment. And I would literally beg my mother to take me to that video store mm. every day. And every single day when you can rent videotapes for $1.50, I would rent dolls. God, those days, man. And I would rent the Thriller video. Oh, that's and cool. I will tell you right now that I know that whole entire dance like like the back of my hand because i think thriller is like one of the best videos ever created it's on the not Earth. even debate 
There's no. I don't know I mean, how it's can beat this. Yeah. single-handedly the best video ever made on Earth. Yeah, John Landis. And, uh, John Landis. John Landis. Hands down. Yeah. But um, those are two movies, Dolls, and um, also I would I would make her. You know, I would say please mom can it was like rent to get one free or some crap and they had like a special at the video store mm. and i would either rent like you know silly movies like the wraith you know that's, or that's the a gate, wild one. The, oh, gate. the gate yeah yes too, yeah. the gate or, or you know things like that like and she never once said to me what is this movie about she just let me do my thing my mother she was like you know, you're going to learn from things. You're just going to learn. You know, it's like when I first got my, my very first tattoo. It's like, oh, well, you know, why do you want to do that? Oh, because I like it. Okay. <laughs> you know, like it wasn't, my parents didn't put like a hindrance on me. And yeah. I really appreciated them for that. So, yeah, this is one of those things where I was like, you well, know. Let me ask you this, though. Love, uh, how did you find this movie the first time? What was the first time? The very first time that I saw this was I was perusing in the, the, the video store. And I saw a doll holding the eyeballs, like, yeah. in the front cover. And I'm like, ooh, what's that? And um, automatically, my mom is, like, straight off the bat. She's like, wait, is that a rated R movie? Is there going to be naked people in it? And I was like, oh, you know, no, it, it's about dolls, Mom. And uh, and you, I guess, also what connected with you is you like dolls, like you I, like Barbie dolls. I, lo- and all I loved that. Barbie dolls. I love action figures. I guess that makes a huge and, um, sense. Yeah, yeah, like I yeah. love collectibles and things like that. And um, you know, and I think that this movie single-handedly had a a, a pivotal role in who I became as an adult. <laughs> like I'm not lying to you. Like I am obsessed with Chucky and Tiffany. And there's a reason that I'm obsessed. It's because this movie was like a pioneer for that kind of thing. This and like Dolly Dearest and, you know, then Chucky and things like that. Like it just became something for me. Yeah. Um, unlike Children of the Corn, that made me actually afraid of corn, yeah. went the opposite direction. And I think that if my mom knew back then what, you know, she what she was getting into, <laughs> she would never have let me watch Children of the Corn because now I can't even go into a cornfield or near a cornfield. Awesome. So I yeah. am traumatized at that, you know, thing. It's funny how things work. <laughs> yeah, no, that's exactly but, um, right. Yeah, but this this film has just it really has done something to me, and I, I just love it. It's just, it's a guilty pleasure. What What is the uh, scores on this? On IMDb, okay. it has a what? So it has a, a 6.3 out of 10. Uh, 12,419 people have reviewed it. And the Metacritic? Uh, Metacritic score is, uh, let's see what we got here. It's a 55. A 55. Uh, yeah. Okay. And, um, you know. Actually, not bad. It's not bad. I uh, mean, A this... 6 on IMDb? Not bad. And I think for 1986, this film was like pretty well done as far as special effects go. Yeah, um, we, we got to talk about when we get into it, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so do you want to just go into the plot? Yeah. I mean, welcome to Talking Trash, guys. We're going to we're gonna spoil the movie. We're going to talk it out. We're going to talk about scenes. We're going to talk about things. Yes. And I'm going to say, if you got a beer and you're going to listen to us and you want a couple beers and you want to laugh along with us, that's a great idea. And I got the perfect drinking game for you. Drink every time someone's about to hit this little girl. Okay. Well, can we just say, first of all, you know how I hate, uh, most of the time, I am very annoyed by children in horror movies. I mean, they just get on my nerves. Something just goes wrong. But this little girl, her name is Judy in the movie, and she is absolutely adorable. And she's not one of those kids that's trying too hard to be cute. She's just cute. To me, she's like a 25-year-old woman in a 5-year-old's body. 
Okay, how and dare then you. they went and dressed her like Punky Brewster. Okay. Brewster. Well, how dare you? First of all, this this actress's name is Carrie Lorraine, and she is adorable. She didn't do much. She actually became a criminal defense lawyer mm. later on in life, so she left the biz. I just want to put it out there. I also adore this character, but she's adorable. Uh, she's adorable, but she does seem like an older woman. Well, I think it's because of the time period you're th- you're dealing with the '80s, and it's everyone like in the, the '80s was like you know, you know, sixteen going on forty five. Yeah. So you have to understand that except, this is a time period. Except, well, I get. I, well, should we wait to talk to it while the plot happens? Okay, yeah. So let's run through it. Let's go through it. Let, the movie starts off. Let's just say this: this is one of those movies where the established characters in the movie are the biggest assholes on the face of the earth. Yeah, like picture the worst parents on earth and uh, and double <laughs> and just times it by a hundred, and they're the worst. I mean, they have the cutest daughter on the planet, and they just are just fucking savage to yeah. her. After we wait, which should be a sign of the apocalypse in any movie watching when you're when you're thinking you're not about to watch a good movie. One of the signs of that disaster is when the credits go on for too long, and this is a. Uh, opening credit scene of two minutes and 36 seconds so it does go on a little bit and it charles band wants you to know he's a part of this because he puts his name on this and by the way sometimes when it's not charles band there'll be two names and two things that are happening Mm -hmm. but then when it's charles band it's like no the whole screen yeah you know it's kind of executive producer it was like a surreal experience when we went to joe bob's jamboree recently and uh i was literally standing with we were standing next to charles band and Inches from Charles Band. He was filming a movie around us. Yeah. And we, I guess we might be in the movie. Who knows? But It's possible we it, show up. It would be up. possible. I don't know. But uh, we didn't sign any waivers. They you didn't know, give a shit. No, they didn't and give you're a on, shit. You're in the film. And, uh, uh, you know, I will say this, though. You know, he seems like a really cool guy. But uh, at no time during this jamboree that I stood inches from him that I ever felt like I could just go up and be like, hey. No, not once. You know, because I was I intimidated. Wanted yeah. I wanted to. I really and, did. And um, I, I, I got to meet Felissa Rose from Sleepaway Camp, and she was fucking fantastic. I love her so much. Shout out to, Liz, to Felissa Rose. If you are on Instagram, fucking follow her because she's awesome. She's really cool. Um, she's the sweetest person on earth. Um. But she actually dragged me into her tent and she wanted me... That sounded sexual, but no, it's not. Uh, she wanted to sign my photo that we took together and at the at the Jamboree. And um, she introduced me to everyone that was under there. So I met Ginger Lynn. I, I met uh, <laughs> Doofy from, yeah, from Scary, Scary Movie. Movie. I mean, she dressed was Dressed like Doofy, by the dressed way. Dressed like Doofy from yeah, Scary Movie. And, uh, and Charles Bam was literally inches from my face and uh it was just like i wanted so bad to say thank you for my childhood man thank you you." and i i guess am i allowed to tell an embarrassing story we didn't do that this year we didn't do uh our embarrassing stories because you said you didn't have any but i always have them i'm full of embarrassing stories when it comes to the movies wait did you have an embarrassing moment at joe bob's jamboree i didn't have one at joe bob's jamboree but i did have one when i met uh legendary john carpenter where I said to him, thank you for my childhood. And he responded by going, you should really thank your mother for that. <laughs> and I felt, I was like, well, okay. well, well of course. <laughs> like, well, literally, you're my, okay. Well, this is like the same and thing. And I wandered that- off. And <laughs> I, I, my head between my legs. And I thought... Wow, I wish I would have said anything else but that. Well, you know what? You're not alone because shout out to our friend Rico. Um, if you're listening to this, 
uh, he actually met Glenn, Glenn Danzig, okay, and he asked him to write on his photograph um, from your god, Glenn Danzig. And actually, in reality, Glenn Danzig did sign the photograph, but he wrote, Dear Rico, there are no gods. And uh, that was pretty disappointing to Rico. So it's kind of like, okay, it's a big like yeah, middle finger. That big... Yeah, and you, know? you feel the rain come down yeah. and you kind of stare out yes. in the mist. So if you're... <laughs> Rico, if you're listening, dude, I, I feel for you on that one. <laughs> yeah, you're not alone, man. Let me tell you. I mean, we've had so many... I've had so many embarrassing moments, which, by the way, go listen to our episode where I just told embarrassing moments in my life. There's an entire episode dedicated to that. So uh, there's some really good ones in there. I didn't tell the John Carpenter one on that one. But uh, so, yeah. We, like, okay. So back to the movie. Because okay, remember, we've movie. been drinking, so we're rambling. Okay. Well, you know what? I like rambling. And uh, I got to tell you this. Elysian Night Owl's fucking rad. <laughs> anyway. Uh, the movie starts off after this two minutes and 36 seconds. All right. So we see this family of three, which we already know off the bat that these two parents are pieces of shit. And uh, they're driving, they get stuck in the mud. No, well, let's slow Are you down gonna, okay. and just say that to set up that they're scumbags, if you didn't already know, they almost hit hitchhikers. Yeah, so there's just two We got a couple punk rock, Madonna-looking punk rockers out in the middle of nowhere who they almost hit. And then when the husband says, who the wife is the one driving, he says, uh, honey, uh, you almost hit those hitchhikers. And he, she goes, do you want me to back up and try again? <laughs> So just right so you off remember, the bat, we know that Rosemary is a fucking trash heap of a human. Okay, <laughs> we and, and she's dressed like, and she's making one fart face, like she's smelling a fart the whole movie. Yeah, and she has one of those towel wrap turban type things around her head, and she is wearing a mink and gloves, and he is wearing like a sweater around his neck, and these two do not seem like the parents of this child in the back seat. No, uh, not at all. But there seems so much older. Give you some trivia that she also played Doctor Herod in. A Everybody in this film is either reanimator, in reanimator, or in Puppet Master. She was also in From Beyond. I mean, so she's been working with Stuart Gordon yes, for these, a bit. These are his uh, his people. Yes. Yeah, a lot of people are Castle Freak. Yeah. Everybody's in his movies. Um, it's established right off the bat that she is the stepmother, and so, um, so get ready to drink because. They get stuck in the mud, and that's when this kid is like, it's in a thunderstorm. And he, he by the way, or he sees the thunderstorm before it happens, and they, they get stuck in the mud. He says, oh, my God, look at that storm. Maybe we should stop and sit here for the night. <laughs> what? Sit where? Where? Like, Who would stop their car, especially when you almost hit hitchhikers? Yeah, they're literally they're in the middle of nowhere. Which is impressive because the two female hitchhikers that they almost run over I mean, it's literally in the middle of nowhere. They're in a forest. I they're mean, it's they're like a on a side road in what looks like the middle of nowhere. Yeah. In the middle of nowhere. So sure, shit, he's right. They get stuck and the, the storm comes. And the storm is like nightmare level. And it, they get stuck in the mud. He can't figure out how to get them out of the mud. And the little girl keeps talking to them, being like cute, like, daddy, this, daddy, that. And he's like, god damn it. So drink number one, the first... Will you shut the hell up, kid? I yeah. want to smack you. For real. Daddy. I'm going to kill that kid. I mean, he's the worst father. And this this father is paid by Ian, uh, played by Ian Patrick Williams, who is also in Reanimator. Um, yes. Uh, um, a bit actor. He's done a lot. Of, he's yes. in a lot of stuff you've seen, but it's like one 
episodes and stuff like that. Yeah, so he... He, he like, looks very familiar, though. He's married to this rich bitch, um, Rosemary. This and, relationship uh, makes no sense. It makes no sense at all. Like, I mean, obviously he's in it for the money, but it he hates his fucking daughter. Like, he hates his little girl. She's seven years old. Her name is Judy, and she is, like, the cutest little fucking thing on earth, but he fucking hates her. He hates her, and, and for some reason, he has divorced his wife for this woman, and he has her for summertime. So he has Judy for the, the summer, and he's stuck with her, and uh, I guess Rosemary is bitter about it. She I guess for the money, the payments, of, I, I, I don't know. Here's he the thing. He only has her for a, a small time. So why is he doing it? Well, she he has her for the summer. Uh, they're so, in some yeah, kind no of custody payments. battle. So, yeah. yeah. But if he has her for the summer, he doesn't have to pay the child support yeah, or and something. Why, and this woman clearly hates this man. So why are they together? Right. It makes no sense. I mean, and also, they, she's fucking filthy rich. You can tell she's wearing like a freaking fur coat. She's overdone. She She's just ridiculous. Over the top. Yeah. And if uh, again, guys, drink number two. Stand in line. Right after he's talking about hitting her, that's when she needs to tell you she's gonna. Oh yeah, she can hit her. I mean, okay, this little girl is just being a little girl. She's seven years old. She's cute as hell, and they just want to beat her. I mean, I don't understand this. Yeah, the car gets stuck in the mud in the rain. You know, and anytime she says, Judy says the word daddy. She says, you know, he'll make a derogatory comment like, God, I hate this kid or this fucking kid or whatever. He actually does it with the window closed at hers, but the window's open for the mother. And the mm -hmm. mother can hear it because then she goes, yeah, tell me about it. If you want to smack her, I want to hit her even worse. Yeah, and it kind of makes me wonder what kind of mother, actual biological mother Judy had to actually want to have a child with this this human. Yeah. Because he is a piece of shit. And then allow him to to have her for certain days. Right. Like, why would you ever give your kids to this guy? Why would he even want to? Like, first of all, why would you ever go out with this guy? He's a piece of shit. He really is. I mean, he's just a terrible trash human. So they get stuck in the mud. And the worst possible situation, um, they have to walk because their car is, you know, all fucked up. Well, he sees what looks like a castle almost. A really beautiful (laughs) cottage house. This is another reason why I love this movie. Yeah. It's because he... The outer shots of this house. You don't get it very often. You don't get it at all except once, really. Yeah. And uh, I was like, oh, my God. I love this architecture. I love the creepiness of it. And, yeah. Uh, it I looks like they filmed this in the, the, the countryside of, like, somewhere in England. It was definitely not the United States. Yeah. It's definitely I not the United States. It's a beautiful uh, cottage-looking place. Yeah. And you can see it through the storm and the lightning. And he says, oh, we don't have to walk that far. There's a house over there I can see. Mm-hmm. So he talks them into getting in the car, but for, but the oddest thing happens here. Uh, the little girl is kind of trailing behind, and they want her to speed up. And the reason they think that she's going slow is because she's carrying a teddy bear, mm-hmm. which is her best friend, her little teddy. Mm-hmm. Quit moaning about that toy and get moving. What is holding you two up? Your kid is daydreaming again. All right. What is it this time, Judy? Ghosts, goblins, little green men on pie plates. Jeez, I don't know what kind of crap your mother's been feeding you. So the woman naturally just snatches it and throws it into the forest and says, no, now you got to catch up. Like, uh, why would this happen? Why would this woman do this? Like, what is it about this doll that's slowing her down? But we get our first special effect. 
we get <laughs> the doll, the teddy bear's revenge, because the teddy bear announces that he is angry, and he comes out of the forest as a giant teddy bear yeah. that rips open, and it reveals that it's actually a monster bear underneath. We just saw um, a movie in the theater, and this knocks that out of the park. <laughs> This is creepier than any of that shit. It really this, is. This thing mauls the shit out of these two parents. It does. It, it's it a really good dream sequence. It slaughters them. Yeah. yeah, it's great. It's a, it's creepy. It's weird. It's surreal. It fits the moment, but it's some kind of weird dream that she's having. Some kind of moment that she's seeing. I don't know. I don't think they really explain no, it. No, she has but daydreams. But she has a weird daydream, but she's terrified. And really funny, fun fact is that they... This really terrified her on set. It did. They have to tiptoe around her, and, the actress. And unfortunately, yeah. uh, they, they played with her a little too much because they walked through the forest, kept whispering and making growl noises. So yeah. it creeped her out more. Yeah. But later on on the filming, they really took care of her with scare mm-hmm. stuff. So it's a little odd that this moment is the one to do it because this thing is creepy and shit. Yeah. But yeah, it's a daydream and they get to the house and naturally their first instinct is... Well, no one's answering the, first, the front door during the storm. What if we just break in? <laughs> so they naturally break into the basement. And they all go in the basement. And, and they constantly leave the little girl to go last. Which really irritates me. Watching it bothers me. I mean, they're me. just the fucking worst trash heap parents of, of all times. I mean, she's a, she's a stepmother, so she's obviously going to be a wretched beast. But, uh, I mean, that the father, it's like, that's your kid, yeah. man. You know, and, like, why are you such a douche? Like, he, she's What did no this one, little girl do? She didn't do anything. She was so yeah. sweet. What did she do wrong to you? She's adorable. She's precious. And, like, this guy is just such a freaking piece of yeah. trash. And I hate him in this movie. Well, naturally, breaking into the house wakes up the actual owners. Yes. Yeah, so, now we meet. Yeah. We meet Mr. Gabriel. Yes. And his wife. And um, this is the actor who played Toulon in the uh, Puppet Master yes. 3 on. Now, yeah. this guy is, he's great. I mean, he, he has this like sweet face, um, but then he also can all, it can be a little creepy too. Yeah, he goes which, back and forth. And they play I music love. for him every time they show his face smiling. They play really nice music that really makes you feel the emotion you're supposed to, which yeah. is how you should use music. And they also do it with creepy. Yeah. Which is, it actually nails the the, the feel. It's fantastic because, like, these two human beings, like, they actually, they look like they stepped out of, like, you know, the 1800s. I mean, they're very old and they're very, they look like, you know, um, those cameo, um, you know, jewelry cameos. Like, they look, she looks like a, a... like she, a piece of jewelry. It's weird. I can't uh, describe her. I want to point that. I just want to say about these two because you're bringing it up. Her name is he, Hillary. He's very welcoming. Mm-hmm. She looks like she walked out of a nut house. Okay, she's off-putting. But yes. when I say that she looks like a cameo, uh, you know, like one of those necklaces, those old, cam- old cameo necklaces, she does. Like it's, she just looks like a, a, a old porcelain doll. Oh, yeah, it's okay. Very, yeah. It's crazy. But she's very sweet. Like there's something sweet about her as well. Like old grandma-ish. Um, and so they find them in the basement. And, yeah, well, um, he has a shotgun on them, and he realizes that they snuck in. He's like, I like guests. I wish you would have came to the, to the front door. Yeah. But the little girl, Judy, walks up, and she says, The front door is locked, and no one answered, and we were awfully wet. Oh, poor dear. Got taken unawares by the storm, eh? 
They do arise rather suddenly around here. All right. Come on up. Come up and get warm. And so they automatically are a little more like welcoming because they see this little girl. Well, they see the little girl. If it was anyone else, they would have been like, okay, we're, we're going to. We're going to take you out. But this um, actor, Guy Rolf, so he was much younger than what he appeared to be in yep. this film. So they had to bleach his hair to make him look older. They're trying to give him white hair. Yeah. And uh, for some reason, he's still, like, really warm and welcoming. Like, he doesn't yeah. strike me as, like, a creepy guy. What's well, funny is that the, the dye actually turned his hair yellow. And you can actually see some of it. And yes. he was very pissed off. Yeah. He he was... He gone, he had gone through a, a bit. Yeah. He went through a know. little bit. Yeah. Um, But, you know, it still was very effective in mm-hmm. this movie. Like, he came off as a warm, like, grandpa-type person. And, uh, so Especially it, when he's around Judy. Yes, Judy is like obviously she's the center of this whole movie, and um, like so we're dealing with two assholes so far, the parents. Yeah. And um, you know they're just so rude. I mean, these people take them into their home, feed them soup, they give bring them, them up a to place the kitchen. to stay. They bring them up to the kitchen to give them soup to warm them up. But they're assholes about everything. They barrel upstairs. They leave Judy behind. Uh, Gabriel talks to Judy a little bit. Um, she witnesses that there's a room on the way to the kitchen that has dolls all over it. Mm-hmm. And she's like, he's like, you like dolls? And she's like, yeah, I love this room. And she's like, he's like, well, I'll give you a, a tour after we have some soup. Mm-hmm. And, and right I'll, off I'll the bat, just so you know, like, these dolls are not your traditional, you know, like, I don't know what today is, like oh, Monster okay. High or Barbie or shit. Yeah. No, these are old school porcelain dolls that were like handmade hand painted you know with like especially made clothing like these are porcelain dolls you're being so generous imagine if you will listener (laughs) imagine if those dolls those porcelain dolls had faces of pedophiles that's what this movie is the creepiest fucking faces you've ever seen with little mustaches little pencil mustaches and (laughs) eyeballs that have lots of veins in them it is next level creepy. They all look like a caricature of what Howard Hughes looks like in your mind right now. Just imagine I Howard mean, Hughes. That's and just think about a doll version. That's what I love about this movie is the fact that it, they went that extra mile to make them appear as though they could be living, you know? Yeah. And spooky. Yeah. I mean, and there's nothing creepier than a yeah. pedophile doll. Yeah, it is a creepy looking next level. I mean, shit. they went to, um they went to like the next level where it's like if there's a cowboy doll, he's like, Yeah, you know. But like, with that woo-hoo! face I'm talking about. And with he the little chubby a cheeks little chubby and a, cheeks a mustache. And smile and the little mustache. It's like you can't tell like, if it's a boy or a man. It's yeah, creepy. It's, it's I mean, they really did go beyond. The, yeah. They so, go to the kitchen to have some soup, but it does look like diarrhea soup. You know, it, it does. It's like split pea or something. I don't know what it is, but uh, the woman does not enjoy it. She's looking at it like it's the worst thing ever. No one really eats it. Well, she's a fucking bitch anyway. I mean, you have to serve her caviar True. to impress her. And uh, that's when Gabriel realizes that Judy doesn't have a doll. <gasps> Judy doesn't have a doll. And he's like, you know, there's nothing worse than a little girl it without a doll. have a doll. And uh, the mother, and get ready for another drink because the mother's like, kicks her under the table and says, Can it? Clumsy. She Clumsy. lost her teddy bear yeah. in the forest. I didn't really lose it. You kick it on the table again. Shut up, you little. 
I know. And Drink so at three. this moment, so he hands her, he hands her Mr. Punch. Mr. Punch. And uh, Mr. Punch is her companion throughout the movie. You want and, to describe him? Okay, so he is a punch doll. Everyone knows what a punch doll is. Um, I don't he think looks so. like a jester. Okay, he kind of looks like a jester. Um, he doesn't have a jester hat or anything, but he does have like flamboyant clothing. He does have a jester hat. Um, it's like one bell. Though. It's like one. It's one bell. His... It's not like what you would would imagine, like a Mardi Gras. Mardi Gras dra- with is? a three. Uh, I've been drinking prong, the three prong. Pr- um, the, yes, thank you. The Mardi Gras, hat. like jester and yes, puppet master. Thank you. It's no. It's not like that. It's not jester and puppet master. It's one. Um, that's what I said. It's not that. It's one bell instead. I've been drinking. Anyway, so <laughs> pack up. Reverse it. Anyway, she uh, Buster Punch has a crescent moon head. He does, and he's kind of cute though. His, but he has he's like a really a big chin, like he has Bruce like a... Campbell jaw. <gasps> I knew you were gonna say that. I, I was gonna go. I knew uh, you were gonna say Bruce Campbell. I was gonna say the other one, but uh, Robert Zadar. <gasps> no, 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 no. He's cute, so he, that makes him Bruce Campbell. Okay, okay. So... But he does have that crazy nose and those crazy like eyeballs. Yeah. That look like they're either going to pop out or turn at any second. <laughs> he does look like a psychopath. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. And uh, he's got the little, he's got a little like staff that has like a little jiggly bell on it and a it's little. He's cute. Uh, he's tassels. cute. He's really cute. He's he has cute. like the little shoes with the bells on them. He's, and it's like, perfect because her name is Judy and he's Punch. So it's Punch and Judy. Yes. And he's like, oh, you guys are belong together. And she's yeah. like, oh, I'm so happy. Yeah, it feels like it almost feels like Gabriel was kind of planning this, but he couldn't have known that they were going to show up at that moment. No, they're suggesting that maybe. Yeah, well, I don't know. After he gives her Mr. Punch, so out of nowhere, boom, the door swings open, and there's these two punk rock girls. So one is Isabel, one is Enid. They look like they stepped out of a Madonna video, straight out of Madonna video. And they are the worst crass people. I think when they bust in the door, the first thing they say is, uh, holy shit. No, she says, I feel like shit. (laughs) That's what it was. (laughs) And so let the record show that this actress name is Bunty Bailey. She was known for, in the 80s, as the aha girl Mm -hmm. so she was in the video uh take on me Mm -hmm. which is one of the most innovative videos of all time uh from that the 80s so yeah she is the um actress in that and um she's very pretty very pretty Uh, ah yeah but she's so obnoxious in this absolutely awful she's pretty or not dreadful in this movie i mean dreadful just her the way she is and how terrible she is and her manners and just dreadful after the moment she walks in the door and starts cursing that's when they also take the soup out of the, the ladle out of the soup bucket, you know, the the pot on the stove, and they start drinking from it. Okay. Now, I don't know if you've ever been to a stranger's house, which if you go to a stranger's house and it's raining and they're they're nice enough to, like, let you stay, I don't know if you want to go ahead and just be ultimately rude to them and, you know, just, you know, eat out of their, their soup pot yeah. and just 
you know, use vulgarities. These and people can't figure out a way to not, and how not to be rude enough. They're like they're always awful. looking for a new way to be rude. The they're terrible. But then right behind them trails the sweetest guy on earth, and, and his name is Ralph. Hands down, one of the best characters in film. He is one of the best. He characters. is a great character, and I think it's all due to the actor who is, I think, really not reading dialogue but being himself. Okay, so they allowed him to have a lot of artistic yes. freedom, and it can, um, you tell it can tell. Yeah, they, you, it's so obvious on screen. He did. Um, he was a lot of the comic relief in this, which was that was his role. Um, however, they allowed him to improvise a lot. And he did, and he nailed it. Yeah, he nails it. He every was scene, great. Every scene that he's um, in, he elevates it because he just is not only the audience, but he's also one of the most likable human beings. He's ever. so sweet. He's adorable. His name is Ralph in the movie. The actor, um, the actor's name is let's see, Stephen Lee. Stephen Lee, and uh, he's been in some stuff. Yeah, he's in a lot, actually. Yeah, a lot of good movies. Yeah, he's actually been in some stuff. This actor is actually one of the people who is not in a ton of Charles Band stuff. No, he's not. He's, he's actually in some really good movies, like really, really big budget. Yeah. He's got a, he's got an impressive resume. He's mm-hmm. got a lot of stuff going on in his resume. Um, but he's, he's really lovable, this character. And he just picked them up because, you know, they were on the side of the road. It was pouring rain. And uh, he just decided to help them. Because he saw a... two women stranded in the rain. Yeah. And, of course, they're saying that he's trying to pick them up like prostitutes. Of course, because they're pieces of shit. Yeah. But, you know, his intentions were genuine. So he just picked them up because they were in the rain and he wanted to help them. And so they stumbled upon this house, which is the creepiest, prettiest house. I love this house. Uh, where Gabriel and his wife live. And, um, and automatically, straight off the bat, you could tell that... Enid and Isabel are just trash. And I feel like Gabriel and his wife know this. Um, you know, they, they can see it. They can see how terrible they are of people. They also seem like they're relishing the idea that these assholes are there. Yeah, because they know what's going to happen. Yeah, you so know? it's like they this house is drawing them in. They yeah. say that the storm is insane and they have never seen anything like it. And they suggest that uh, the, the countryside is beautiful. And it's a beautiful area, but yes, the storms are so used to it. Sometimes they seem like they go on forever. Sometimes it seems like endless night. The longest night in the world. The longest night in the world. And so I think they're setting up that very heavily, that what's going on is a little more spiritual than it is anything else, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's it's very heavy-handed in that sense. You know, but... but I will say that Gabriel and his wife are pretty welcoming. I mean, even to these filthy rat bastards. Well, they're people. welcoming in the fact that they want those kind of people, but they yeah. also seem very friendly, instantly knowing Ralph, instantly talking to Ralph. Ralph is very excited to see Judy has a punch doll and says, oh my God, I haven't seen a punch doll since I was a kid. And uh, they're like, oh, do you like toys? And he's like, yeah, I mean, well, I did, you know, I'm older now. But I, when I was a kid, I had all of these toys. And it's never too, you're never too old to love toys. Yeah. So he, of course. Is a child at heart. He's a child at heart. And yeah. he and Judy instantly hit it off as friends. Yeah. And, you know, I kind of feel like, you know, of all the people in this film, I was like, oh, God. You know, when I first saw this movie, I was like, please don't let ralph get killed because he he's just the best and um it worked out because he he just he he's literally one of the best characters well what i love is that he uh now 
Gabriel separates the people. He takes the husband and wife characters and he brings them to a room and tells them, oh, they're like, where's, where's Judy going to sleep? And they're like, don't worry. She's got her own room. And they're like, oh, that's probably for the best. And he's like, I thought you'd figure that. You'd say that. Mm -hmm. And then he also brings the punk rockers across the hall to them. But then he walks. And by the way, the punk rockers instantly put a boombox on the shelf and start blasting music and chain smoking in someone else's house. I mean, they're just terrible people. Ter if they, they're Straight, always looking for um, a right way to be assholes. I mean, you can't get worse. Yeah. So what I love is that now Gabriel walks uh, Ralph and Judy across the entire house to in another part of the build, the wing of the, the house. Obviously splitting them up <laughs> from the bad people. And, it, you know, uh, but what's great is that he kind of walks them around and shows them his workshop. And Ralph is automatically just enamored with it. So is Judy. You know, he Judy sees the, the, the dolls and is in shock. He sees it and he has a flashback to his childhood. We don't see the flashback, but he tells us that his father um, would tell him stories about how dolls would come to life. The toys would come to life at night when he was sleeping. So he would stay up all night and try to see them, but he never got to see them. Well, he would leave cookies. So he started leaving bed. cookies for them, yeah. and then ants would eat it. And then his father told him, well, it's not real cookies they eat they eat imaginary cookies <laughs> so well he's still a child at heart he's so a, he's, he's like still you know believing all and gabriel seems to really adore the two of these characters yeah and so it's great but we see little glimpses of how the dolls are moving a little bit and we hear noises behind doors and we keep hearing from judy that they're fairies no they're not they're elves yep she, she keeps saying them, fairies. No, no, no. She calls them elves throughout Does the whole... Does she not say fairies once? Not once. Not once. She calls them elves. Trust me. I've seen this movie 387 times. <laughs> she calls them elves. Well, I... Yes, okay. they're elves. Well, I'm going to research this. I'm gonna <laughs> okay, say... well, you go ahead. You, you're going to argue with me? Are you kidding me? I have Fu seen this movie... Fun fact. Mm -hmm. You're wrong. No, they're elves. <laughs> The elves live? Who? The elves. No, Judy, that's just a storage room. Then why are the fairies? Well, maybe there are a few hiding in my bookshelf. Should we see? Does she not whole... say fairies once? Not once. Not once. She calls them elves. Trust me. I've seen this movie 387 times. Fun fact, mm -hmm. you're wrong. <laughs> you can say that all you want. No, they're elves. She calls them elves. Well, it's funny because I heard... Well, it doesn't matter. Let's get on with it. So, uh, she's hearing these noises. But we go back and we see the husband and wife. They're drinking. They're complaining about the punk rocks, rocker, rockers listening to their music or whatever. And, of course, they're doing more talk about how much they hate the kid. I mean... We we gotta keep getting it. I mean, how and they can seem you to hate, hate each this other. Child, like she's so fucking cute. Like, yeah. how do you hate her? She's so sweet. It's these people are such demons. Yeah. So I don't know <laughs> if that's another drink. I don't know if they talk about hitting. I don't her. have any more beer. So. Oh my god, I'm scared. 
Well, I've already. Mm. So the punk rockers, on the other hand, are very excited because they are asking if they ask the uh, the mother of the house, the old woman of the house, Mm -hmm. are there antiques? Now, what does she say? She doesn't say antiques. No, antiques. Antiques. Do you have any antiques? And she's like, you what know, is that? You know, antiques, old stuff. Yeah. No, old shit stuff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then um, the old woman's like, well, I mean, to somebody these might be antiques. I'm an antique. Yeah, she says, I myself am, you she's know, like, I'm, I'm an just antique. As, and then she gets quiet and she goes, I'm just as old as these dolls. I mean, here's the thing. I mean, she knows exactly what they're planning to do. Yeah, so they're the, going to rob her blind. The, the, that's the whole point here. The punk rock people are like, I want to rob the house. Because well, they're planning originally planning to rob Ralph, taking his car keys and his wallet and leaving him. But now they found this house. They're thinking about robbing the house. Yeah, so they find that this house is like really. I mean, there's a lot of old old things in this house. And uh, so Bunty Bailey, who is Isabel, she's just gonna go ahead and and go through the house, and and steal everything that has some kind of value that she thinks has some kind of value. And uh, Enid is gonna stay in the room and wait for her. Well, because she's she's <laughs> mostly more of the offish she doesn't really want to go through with a lot of things even with ralph she seems to be a little off with with hurting him i mean she really doesn't want to go through all this but stuff, it's like that peer you know? pressure of her friend but isabel's a trash heap human and yeah. so she's gonna make sure that all of this happens and dirt she's gonna try and lift stuff from the house and all the antiques and stuff and she's just a piece of shit but she does get what she deserves yeah, that's when we start seeing the dolls for the first... Well, I don't think we actually do see it in Okay, the no, we don't. Yeah, this is from um, off-screen attack. Yes. So, we, we see her... You know, Isabel is going through the house, and she's stealing things. And at first, we see her in a room looking at antiques, and the little music box goes off on the fireplace mantle. She closes it, and then she closes it again. And the dolls that were sitting there... In the and you know in the beginning are no longer sitting there. So obviously it's the dolls that are setting off the music box. She doesn't think anything of it though. She doesn't have time to think anything of it because they literally fuck her shit up. They grab her. You don't see the dolls at this moment. You don't see them in motion, but you see her being slammed face first into a wall. Yeah, and they bloody and fucked up. She falls to the floor and they battle ram her constantly yeah. into a wall. Yeah. And- until she's unconscious. Yes, and then they throw her into the hallway where she's semi-unconscious, but she sees Judy. Judy sees her, you know, all fucked up and bloody. Now, uh, just so you know, piece of trivia here. The little actress that played Judy was a little bit scared. Well, so they wanted to make sure, yeah, What she they wasn't. did was they made sure that she saw the makeup process on Bunty Bailey before, you know, she shot that scene. Yeah. So that she could see that it was just pretend, yeah. you know, because she was really scared. She didn't, they didn't want to freak her out. I mean, it was bloody and it was gross. And she was missing teeth and her nose was bashed in and it was fucked up. So they made sure that the little girl had some kind of, you know, understanding of it was just pretend. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so Bunty Bell is throwing into the freaking, um, you know, hallway and Judy sees her. Judy sees, you know, and she's like, help me. And they... No, she reaches dolls, out for yeah, her. She yeah. reaches out. The little doll drag her off, 
And so she runs into her dad's room and she's like, help me. No, oh, oh, my get, God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Get your beer ready. Get your beer get ready. Get your beer ready. So... So she's telling her dad, oh my God, you know, the, the, one of the girls was dragged off. She was dragged off. The little people got her, the little elves, the elves got her. And so he goes to fucking backhand her and stop he telling lies. And if for some reason, the, the, the wife stops him and he goes for it a second time. He wants to hit this one girl twice. Yeah, he wants to beat the shit out of his own daughter. But he, she says, well, let's drink on that first. Okay, drink. And then get your beer ready again because she says, he can't hit you, but I can. But I can. So let's drink on that. Let's drink on mm-hmm. that. Okay. An elf? Yes, and then... Judy, what have I told you about your stories? But this is... <gasps> You'll wind up paying more child support, my money. Look, I know you don't enjoy spending your summers with me. I don't like it either, but I'm sick of you lying all the time, okay? I don't want to hear it anymore. No more fairies, elves, princesses, ghosts, goblins, talking trees. I'm sick of it all, okay? I don't want to hear any more stories for the rest of the summer. Now get out of here. Go to bed. But... Out! But, Daddy... Better do what he says, short stuff. He may not be able to give you a swat, but I can. Yes, ma'am. I don't believe her at all. So obviously she runs to the only person that might believe her, which is Ralph. Yeah, who's already having a hard time sleeping as it is because he, he has a <laughs> clown doll sitting at he's his bed a, staring at him. He's got like a poltergeist doll yeah. staring at it, It's him. actually like uh, one of those tramp looking clown versions, you know? Yeah. It, it's not as scary as the poltergeist one. No, it's no. not. It's a tiny, tiny It's a tinier one. version. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but she actually grabs his toe while he's sleeping and it just startles the shit out of him he's so scared and he sees it's her and he's like what's going on and they have a nice little conversation because she's like look do you believe kids and he's like yeah i guess so and she's like would you believe something i told you because other people won't believe me and he's like i think you have something you want to tell me she's like yes the, the the girl that you came with i saw her get beaten and dragged <laughs> off by the elves or the dolls or whatever the, and the elves, she calls them elves. The elves. Yeah. And she's, he's like, what? And he's like, yeah, it was blood everywhere. You know, it was crazy. You know, she was all messed up. And he's like, you're, what do you mean, elves? And then she, he's not believing her until he looks down at her cute little slippers, her little bunny slippers that are painted in blood, covered in blood. And he reaches and he sees that it is blood. And he's like, what happened? And she goes, he goes, is this blood? She says, well, yeah. I mean, there was, it was everywhere. I was literally standing in blood piles. I'm like, so he now realizes that maybe she's telling the truth. So he naturally grabs a candlestick, and they go off to uh, search the house. Now, they end up um, following the trail of blood, which... They, they don't even get to, tra- to the trail of blood. They actually walk around the hallways. as like an entire weird one-take where they follow the camera, following him to doors. And the actress that's playing Judy purposely drops her doll for a minute and then goes and gets it. And then, and wanders, then wanders to another hallway for no particular reason. Right. To set up a weird scare. It's not a scare. It's very odd. It's not even creepy. It's more of like a joke because she opens a door into his face. Mm-hmm. And she says, no one's in here. Yeah. It's like 
there's like a, a lot of moment. cute moments between her and and Ralph, but uh, ultimately they follow the trail of blood up to the yeah, attic. Yeah, right when she stares at the the she shuts that door, the blood is now on the floor. Where yeah, just so that was. was a film flub. There was no blood there before, but now there is blood there. So they follow the trail of blood up to the attic, and um, they're searching around. But little do they know that Isabel, the punk rock girl, is has now turned into a doll. But a life-size living doll. We don't really know that. We kind of get a little of a glimpse because we, it's clearly yeah. right behind them in the shot and they don't see it. They don't see it, but she's strapped to a chair and she has a plastic face like a doll. Um, and then they cut away from that. I love that. we got to point this out because while that's being shown in the background of the shot, they're looking at a piano and then oh, and for some reason Ralph goes, we got to tell people about this. And I'm like, what? The piano that you found? Yeah, I don't understand that. So when he goes to go down the stairs, we can see that dolls, uh, they look like they they make little noises like this. And then they they look like they grab his feet and he falls down the stairs. He says that he was bitten by a rat. Okay, well, okay. Let the record show that he was bitten. There was a a doll that bit him. Yeah, because Judy says... There were dolls that grabbed you. Yes, a doll did bite him. And so we see that later on when he's cleaning his wound. But uh, And one of the funniest scenes where everybody just turns on Ralph. Yes. Because he runs <laughs> right to the other the other people to wake them up to tell them what's going on. And that's, uh, I guess, getting another drink up because they're like, why are you waking me up again to the little girl? And then they realize, why are you with this guy? What are you doing with my daughter? You know, you're a pedophile. And then the other girl says, she's knocking. He's like, no, no, it's, I'm trying to, no. And then the other girl's like, you stole, you took my girl, my friend, and you did something to her. You sexual pervert. Yeah, and so like, no, Enid is no. like, no. Is it, you know, you, you, you did something to Isabel. Like, you killed her. Something's going on. Like, what? You know, you, you've had a sexual attraction to her, whatever, which Ralph didn't. Yeah. But uh, he keeps so going. No. She's blaming him as you did something to Isabel. Yeah not the case um so we we learn that you know enid this is um after i believe after the fact enid does go look for isabel yeah she does and uh it does not end well for enid at all uh she goes up to the attic she does see isabel and isabel is 100 percent a life-size doll uh she's got the um you know the face that's like plastic and ceramic kind of like a doll Mm -hmm. um she sees the dolls actually attack her and so she just she does put up a good fight i will say you have to point out that the cool thing is that the human doll thing is telling her to leave run it's like whispering it Mm -hmm. and then her eyeballs fall out of their head and that's the cover of the 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 box of the, the tape that is the, 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 the poster for this movie yes it is and let is the record her show, holding the eyeballs that up. is not Bunty Bailey Bunty Bailey had to leave the set and yeah. do something else so that is I in fact the actress playing Enid in that role she yeah. has actually transformed into Bunty Bailey to do that that scene where she her eyeballs fall out so that is her doing that instead of Bunty Bailey but uh. Um, when that happens, though, when she sees the eyeballs and the, she picks the eyeballs up and she makes them look at her, mm-hmm. that's when she gets attacked by all the dolls. And that's when we first start seeing these the creepiest faces on the earth, these dolls. <laughs> and she, But what's cool is 
she fights back. She does fight back. So she has this. Um, so she whips off her belt and she starts. It says flinging. like boys on it. It's like a big ass boy belt. toy. That was a yeah. big thing in the eighties for Madonna. You know, Madonna had that belt. She started that whole entire thing, boy toy. Mm. And so the belt that she has says boy toy, and uh, so she's beating the shit out of the dolls. But the best, the best scene was when she actually gets downstairs and she leaves the attic and she gets downstairs, and the little drummer boy and the firing squad come through. And it's like little soldiers, like little wooden soldiers. One of them is playing the drum, and they fucking fire squad on It's them. actually really good. They hit the, uh, obviously, the little puppets, and they're hiding behind them, moving their arms and stuff. And it looks great. They hit them very well. Some of them you can see strings, but not in this particular scene. It looks pretty good. They, they riddle with her with bullets, and they kill her. Yeah. I wanted to point out, though, when she took off her belt, uh, this is like a neat little scene, but it's also very questionable what's happening in this movie. So I wanted to talk about that a little bit. She starts whipping her belt around, and she starts hitting the dolls. Mm-hmm. And she's kicking their asses. And every time she hits the dolls, though, you would think that their heads would burst open and they would have nothing inside. That's not what's happening here. What's happening here is there are some kind of creature's skulls and body parts underneath the the, the broken dolls. Mm-hmm. And it, there's a lot of questionable stuff going on. All right? the, well, the, at that point, you know that it, at least it's 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 got to be at least, you know, witchcraft. Well, uh, apparently in the script, what I, what I looked into here was that in the script, they wanted to be porcelain. Now, for some really odd reason, Stuart Gordon has a fear of porcelain dolls in real life. <laughs> and he didn't like it so much that they were just empty porcelain dolls he thought it'd be creepier and weirder if that every time they got hit they were almost like alien inside yeah so they started suggesting that they are a cross of three things the wooden dolls the march of the wooden soldiers that shoot her are magic or witchcraft or whatever and that the other dolls seem to be one of two things which i what i read was that he said fairies and elves and he said that one in one of the mythologies, I guess this is the thing, I don't really know this, but in one of the mythologies of elves or uh, fairies, silver hurts them. So okay. when she's hitting them with her belt, uh, they're burning. You see smoke coming out of their faces. Yes, that also can be attributed to the fact that their porcelain exoskeletons are being, uh, you know, destroyed. But they don't have porcelain exoskeletons. Well, they have. They're creatures inside. Yes, they are, but they do have a covering on their face. But um, still, the smoke. Well, apparently they use cigarette smoke to pump it out of their bodies. So it is. they said that they are attributing it to them actually getting hurt by the silver. Mm-hmm. Very odd. But my biggest question is, what is happening in this movie? <laughs> like, are there, is he building dolls around creatures? No. Apparently, they're saying elves and fairies, so they might be. Okay. But there is something later on that kind of also makes another question. We'll get to that at the end, and I'll, I'll double down on this question. Okay, I know where you're going Because for, this movie and, is yes. very odd in that sense. Okay, I can give you the answer. Okay, go ahead. I, okay, we'll get to it. But yeah, I wanted to point that out to set up this weird, weird thing that's happening in this film. Uh, yeah, she's killed. She's riddled with bullets, and she's murdered. Mm-hmm. At the same time, the, the father is in his room, and he leaves to go chase after Judy. Mm-hmm. And he has an entire scene where he uh, steals Punch from her and tells him, tells her that he's going to destroy Punch. 
So he can't destroy him, so he takes a candle to burn its face. Yeah. The wax falls on his foot and burns his foot instead, and he drops it, and there's a really funny-ass rewound shot of the doll falling off the chair, but they rewound it, so it looks like he just rolls back up into the chair. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> you can tell that uh, Punch is not having any of this shit. No. So he walks around the house. Now, what's really odd is that father just disappears from the film for a little while because we cut back to the mother. That's not my real mother. My real mother lives in Boston. Can it? Who's in the bed. And that's when she starts getting attacked by dolls. Which is kind of epic because I, I was wondering, like, when I first saw this movie, I was like, okay, at one point are we going to see them all just freaking losing their shit? You know, like, I want to see them all losing their shit. And we see it in this scene. It's great. It's great. What, what do you mean? Who's losing their shit? The dolls. Well, the dolls were really during the punk rocker girls because she sets some of them on fire. Yeah. We, we didn't talk about half of them. It was a cowboy. I mean, she sets a cowboy. One on fire. Yeah. There's but totally different dolls doing different things. Yeah. So we don't see them in, uh, I guess, in bulk the way we see them with Rosemary. Rosemary, you know, removes the covers and they're there's all over her bed. Yeah. It's amazing. Like, there's so many of them and they're just freaking destroying her they're all giggling and they start attacking yeah. her by it's stabbing amazing. her with little knives like yeah. swords that they have if they're like toy soldiers and not even toy soldiers but like knights they have like swords and stuff and some of them start pulling out like saw blades i know it's and amazing. they start cutting they her cut, legs yeah, they and cut her, her feet, feet. Her ankles and she keeps trying to get away but she gets in the hallway and she, they mess her up so bad that she has to crawl into the hallway. And she's able to get back onto her feet and try to open the punk rocker's door to get help. When she opens the door, the whole room is dolls. So she's, she's just in shock. And that's when she sees they're cutting her foot again. Mm-hmm. And they're all over the room. She actually hobbles away down the hallway. And at the end, of when she realizes she stops, that they're all over the floor. So she turns back. Now that the other end of the hallway. Now this is one of the weirdest scenes. I told you we had to talk about this. This scene is baffling. I don't know if they cut a moment or they didn't have a special effect to fill this in to explain it. Well, what happens in this scene is that she makes a face like she's actually going to fight back. She gives her bitch face like mm-hmm. oh, I'm going to like that stink smelling the fart again, and she's like I'm going to fuck you guys up. But what? And then she charges them like she's going to fight them. Mm-hmm. But instead, all of a sudden, she's in the air, and she's scared, and she's screaming, and she flies out the window. Yeah. Unfortunately, I wish I could um, get an explanation on this. Th- this this scene but is this scene obviously is, something's missing here. Like, odd. they tripped her, or they had something to trip her, but they didn't yeah. show it. It looked like she was, like, she has been enraged, like she's not going down without a fight. And uh, she was, it, it seemed at that moment that, you know, they were blocking her way and she was just going to fuck them up. Yeah. But no, that's not what happened. She jumps over them and flies out the window it, to her death. It doesn't even seem like she jumps. It literally looks like she turns in the air and missiles out the yeah, window. Yeah, it's very bizarre. And the fact that her face changes to screaming and shock yeah. means that something else had happened here. I feel like they did a cut and they didn't tell yeah, it. You, you know. said, you thought that she just ran and jumped out the window. But I was like, her facial movements or her expressions would totally say something opposite. And yeah. you said she, she wouldn't go out like that. And Well, 
who knows what the fuck, because something wasn't filmed here properly. So she yeah. just flies out the window and she's dead, I guess, from the movie. She's never shown again. That's it, yeah. Yeah. Um, the husband now does, and oh, she does shown again. She is shown. Somehow the dolls have now put her back into the bed and put a blank, uh, the, the covers over her. Yeah, well, in some form or another, she is shown, yes. But she's just like in the bed. And the husband finally shows back up. Now, it's really funny because he's been missing for quite a while. A lot happened up here. Mm-hmm. Uh, some toy soldiers riddle the girl upstairs. It's really noisy. They're actually signaling. They're doing the whole, uh, you know, uh, trumpet mm-hmm. before they shot her. It's really noisy. And then they also uh, have just killed this woman who went out of a window. And this guy didn't hear shit. And now he goes back up to the room. <laughs> He gets back in the bed because he's now feeling, after chasing his daughter around, who he says, I guess we should drink again, that little shit had me going all over the house looking for her. Yeah. And then he's like, uh, I'm telling you, when we, we get back, she needs a good slapping, you know, whatever. And then he's like, you know what? I feel like sex time. Right. So he gets in the bed with his deceased wife, who does he does not know is deceased. Um, but she, the sheet, the bed sheet, is covered in blood. Which it he actually can't isn't. See. On our side, it starts becoming more and more visible. They actually timed this great. They either had some kind of trigger device yeah. and make it set off, but it just starts leaking. Perfect timing for us to see that it's dead woman underneath. Right, and so like he he, he you know is trying to like make out with her. In and fact, stuff. he gets a little sniff. He yeah. goes, Oh. Oh, yeah, I'm going to take a shower. And he, you stay he goes right take there. a shower. So when he comes back out, he tries to make, you know, make love with her again. And so she's, you know, he, he pulls a sheet back and she's all fucked up and her eyeballs popping out and shit. And so he freaks out and he runs out in the hallway. At this point, uh, Ralph and Judy have met back up and they're starting to get nervous. And Ralph ran into uh, Mr. Gabriel. And he said, what's going on? And Gabriel's like, nah, no, nah, I, I smelled <laughs> some paint. I actually paint the dolls at night. And I spilled some paint. Everything's fine. And he's like, I don't think so. I think everything's really going wrong. And she's like, he's like, oh, in the morning, I'll if the punk rocker girl doesn't show up, I'll go look for her. Mm-hmm. And then uh, he just walks off. And Ralph is not having it. But Ralph and Judy go exploring and they find that one room. And now that's when they start. Ralph starts seeing that the dolls are real. And he freaks out in a doll room and starts kicking the dolls. Okay. So this is a scene that's very out of character for Ralph. But I understand I understand him. he's scared out of I his mind. I understand he's like scared shitless and he's had enough. And so, you know, he's trying to get Judy to leave the house because he's just had enough. He's like, these fucking dolls, man. And he's like, I don't, I don't, I can't take it anymore. So he's like, let's go. And he's like, just, you know, starts kicking them and shit. And they get mad and they start attacking Ralph. And Judy's like, no, why are you doing this to my friend? Stop doing this to my friend. He's, he's a good guy. And so they stop and they let, they they let them go. Real quick though. I forgot about this, that when they met up, they met in the kitchen. He was cleaning off the wound because he does have a bite and he's cleaning it off. And Mr. Punch has now shown back up in a chair for Judy. So Judy finds Mr. Punch and he's like shocked about it. And he looks at Mr. Punch and he's like, I don't know what's happening here. And Mr. Punch goes, you know, Ralph, deep down inside, you know, you know, you know, Ralph, deep down inside, you know. 
So yeah, Ralph's like, what? And then uh, yeah, so that's when they find that room and they get attacked, and uh, he's kicking those dolls like crazy. And they fuck him up. They almost kill him. But <laughs> Judy stops them. But they have a little funny, cre- creepy little chat with each other, trying to discuss if Ralph is a little man, is a little boy inside of a man's body or what. Mm-hmm. And uh, they decide that, yeah, Ralph is a good guy. Yeah, he's a good guy. So they, they free them. But when they get freed, they run into Judy's dad. And Judy's dad is looking for revenge and believes that Ralph killed his wife. Yes. So he attacks Ralph. Which is crazy because, I mean, you got to be the shittiest judge of character of all times. Like, honestly. Well, he is. Ralph is the sweetest person. <laughs> he is. I mean, look at the woman he was with. Like, I don't know. Oh, my God. It. I know. Why they would you marry her? They can explain that her mother, Judy's mother, is amazing. Yeah. Uh, obviously, like, why? She, she couldn't yeah. put up with him anymore. That's what it was. I mean, Hopefully. Judy's mother was probably amazing, but it was like, why did I ever. Well, she's still him. single, and he's already with another woman, which means that he was cheating with his older woman. Oh, yeah. And, you know, obviously I don't for even her understand. money. Obviously for her obviously, money. Obviously, that's it's, weird. There's nothing there. Yeah. Nothing. She's a shrew. She's, she's a piece of shit. Yeah. Well, um, Judy, uh, I mean, uh, Ralph and the father have a, a fight. They have a big fist fight, a big showdown. Your father sounds upset. I was upset, too. Killed Rosemary. Yeah, no, he didn't. Then who did? Um, I don't know, little people. The dolls kind of come after the father or whatnot because he fights. He fights Punch. Yes, they do, but they don't incapacitate him. No, he gets separated because Ralph is in the other room, and the father gets separated from Ralph and Judy. And, yes. And then he but, has an entire fight with the dolls, and uh, Mr. Punch turns on him, and Mr. Punch is trying to kill him with a. With a with a tool like a electric drill, yes. and he unplugs it, and then he's able to completely destroy and kill Mister Punch. Yes, but the final result of all of that is that he does. The father does meet up with Gabriel. Now Gabriel, Gabriel comes after Gabriel and the wife come in the room after uh, Punch is killed. Yes, and uh, you know they say, "Hey, you know, being a father is a privilege, not a right." And they turn him into Mr. Punch. And they he has the same exact pajamas. He has the same, you know, they, they, they slowly turn him into. So, like, usually. How does he get killed, though? Um, How do I, they do this? I don't, I mean, I don't recall that he does get killed. I think they just turn him into it. They, they use witchcraft. They do sorcery. So they just use witchcraft on him and he turns into it? 100%. So because he destroyed Mr. Punch, they mm-hmm. destroyed him. Yeah. He destroyed him. He is now the new Mr. Mr. Punch. Punch. And so he's turned into that character. That is the start of all of the, the characters turning into, like, you know, we lose Enid, we lose Isabel. Yeah. And Rosemary. And they are all dolls at that point we don't yeah we don't see that for a little bit what we, we get that is that end. ralph and judy wake up in their beds and they and gabriel comes to him and it's daytime everything's fine and he tells them you guys slept the whole thing you, yeah did you have any weird dreams and oh yeah i had this whole thing and he's like oh that didn't happen and she's like where's my dad and he's like, oh, he left me a note. <laughs> and he's like, here's the note. And then he reads the note and he says, uh, 
I'm not a good father. I, I should have been a better dad, and I, I never should have had kids. Uh, I'm going to leave to another country with my wife, and we're changing our names, and we're never going to see you again. You're going to go home with your mom in Boston. Oh, and I, Ralph, he wants you to go take her to Boston to see her mother. Mm-hmm. He's like, I don't have any money. He's like, oh, not only did he leave enough money for her plane ticket, he also left the money for your plane ticket. And he's like, well, that's funny because he didn't seem like a nice guy. Right. And then also Ralph is like, okay, well, what happened to Enid and Isabel? And Gabriel's like, oh, and uh, in addition to that, in this letter, he wrote that he took the hitchhikers with him. And then Ralph is like, He actually oh, goes, P.S., I took the hitchhikers with us. Yeah. And then Ralph is like, well, let me see that letter. And he Gabriel throws it in the fire. So it's like, <laughs> okay, the- that's just convenient. But so we know what happened to everybody. and Yeah, uh, well, that's when they say, well, but Judy says, well, what about Mr. Punch? And he's like, he's right here. Um, he had a, he get, had to get a little bit of a, a makeover, but he's right here. And they show him, and he's in his new pajamas, which is actually matching of the father's pajamas. Mm-hmm. And uh, she says, oh, Mr. Punch. And she's like, uh, can, can I, uh, well, he's like, Gabriel's like, you can always stay here. Ralph and uh, Judy, you can always stay here and play with toys all the time if you want. <laughs> and uh, and Ralph is like, eh, I want to get out of here. <laughs> Judy, let's go. And she says, Judy says, um, I actually miss my mom, but I would love to come back and visit. And can I see Mr. Punch again when I when uh, I come back? And he's like, of course. And then Punch speaks like the father and says, um... See a little squirt. He says, bye, Judy. I thought he said, bye, squirt. Yeah, he does say, bye, squirt. And yeah. then uh, Ralph is like, Ugh. Yeah. But, and then the best part of the movie is when... Um, he puts Punch on the, the he, mantle. Put punch, he puts Punch on the mantle with the other dolls, which is Rosemary in the same outfit that she died in, and the same in the two punk wreckers in the same outfit that they died in. I love that she has the towel on her head. Yes, yeah, she wife. has a towel on her head and the same, you know, silver robe and stuff. And the punk wreckers are dressed the same way, but they have turned into dolls. And so, you know, it just it goes to show you that the whole entire movie is basically people that have ended up there. That have been, you know, not good people. This is the creepy part. So this is the weird part because they make it seem like there's other aspects to it. But then they're also saying that they turn bad people who come there like a Silent Hill scenario Mm -hmm. where bad people are drawn to this place and things happen to them. Mm -hmm. And when they what they get is they turn into these dolls. And that's exactly right. And that's what happened here. But I don't know. Okay. So Judy and and Ralph, um, they get in a car and they leave. And um, you see at the end, you know, that the, the dolls, her father, Rosemary, and the two, yeah, they're all stuck there. But, like, ultimately, when you see the dolls get crushed, you know, in in the fight scenes, when they are fighting back. I mean, Enid fights back, and she, you know, bashes them in and stuff like that. You can see that they are, they were once people. No, it doesn't look like people. It looks like little aliens. It looks like little monsters. aliens, but you know that they're they're probably... You know, that's like the black magic happening. They, I mean, I, what I read is that the Stuart Gordon and I'm saying that it was elves and fairies. I, I don't understand that. I mean, it doesn't make any sense but because... that magic part was the other thing. They literally are, like, it's black magic. I mean, 100%. Yeah, that there's some kind of magic involved. And they're also suggesting that Gabriel and his wife are also human puppets. <laughs> yeah. Because they actually say, oh, he figured it all out on his own. Because mm-hmm. he says, you two freaks are just like these dolls. 
I mean, and she's I like, feel, oh, you figured it out. I feel like uh, Hillary and and um, Gabriel are like timeless because oh yeah, they just don't die, and uh, it it's like they're they're using sorcery to actually stay alive. Themselves, yeah, absolutely. I is, love when uh, Judy and Ralph drive off. Judy says, uh, "Hey, uh, Ralph, uh, do you ever think about getting married?" And he's like, <laughs> "Yeah, sure." Um, you know, my mom is a really uh, pretty and single woman. <laughs> and he's like, oh, okay. She's like, hey, Ralph, have you ever thought about having a kid before? <laughs> I think that's funny. Uh, Stuart Gordon has gone on record saying that he really wanted to do a sequel for this movie. And that he had an entire idea where he wanted Ralph to go meet the mother and they would get married. And that Gabriel and Hillary said? Yes. Send themselves as dolls to them. And I don't know how that would have been, but I actually like the end credits of this film is that the credits start rolling and we see a new car has got stuck in the mud yeah. outside the house. And there is a guy outside. And in the whole credits is this guy trying to get his car out of the mud, which you know it's going to happen all over again, which yeah. is kind of great. And the sequel could have been really easy. It could have just been other people in the house. Yeah, I feel like they could have done that easily. Um, oh, fun fact I forgot to tell you is that the actress playing um, the freaking bitch um who's rosemary that's actually Stuart gordon's wife oh i didn't know that yes that's yes. why well that explains why he's always she's in every one of his yes, films that's yeah. his wife um so that's a bit of trivia there but i love the ending of this movie because it kind of keeps it open for like oh we could do another one but mm-hmm. they never did unfortunately yeah. they never did and it sucks um Stuart gordon passed away in 2020 um, and I feel like it was a huge loss, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, he, he, he made some movies that were not, you know, exactly four-star movies or five-star movies, but they were fun. And uh, they really did define a lot of our childhoods, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, the big thing is here, too, is in, as directors and uh, these filmmakers get older, they start changing the way that they film movies, and they started getting more cheap. And what what I really like seeing about these older Charles Band films, these Stuart Gordon films, is just how practical effects, how they were thinking outside the box. It's like when Sam Raimi and those guys were getting together and doing the Evil Dead films. They had to think of crazy stuff to make these films and these scenes. Yeah. And so they're thinking outside the box to make these certain shots and these amazing set pieces with no money. And then as they got older, they started getting lazier. And they started using more effects, more they're relying on effects, you know, that kind of stuff. And you saw that with Charles Mann just completely stopped. There was a real fun, culty aspect of his film back in the day. When you watch this movie, mm-hmm. watching how they were trying to hide the ropes or hide the puppeteering, uh, the fact that they used stop motion, animatronics, they used all these different techniques to get these shots. The movie was like in post-production for like a year because they were trying to get all these shots done. And there's something endearing about those amazing practical effects mm-hmm. that you don't see enough anymore. It's just like putting an extra love letter to the films. Something just – it makes it more – just stand out like they're actually caring about their films. Now when you watch their films, everything looks cheap. So you can like watch Ginger Dead Man or something like that. <laughs> It just looks like rubber yeah. being bent in the wrong way. Like when you take one of your stupid rubber dolls and you just like turn your arms and they're like flopping. It, yeah. it looks like that now. And and it's not it's not great. And it also just shows how little they give a shit. Yeah. 
And I think that just really loses me. There's something really special about taking a little bit of a time, coming up with interesting practical ideas, coming up with new solutions to how to film on cheap. And that's just not there anymore. And so all these people started, like Stuart Gordon in in the end, his last films and stuff, kind of not what they were. Everybody really was used to his practical crazy effects. So. Mm It's and I think as we do talking trash more and more, we see more of that. Like ah oh, shit, you know we did like um, you know some Argento or whatever. I don't know if we did it on here. We should have, but we watch some of his later stuff, and you're like holy shit, wow, what happened? Yeah, you know, it just happens to every one of these directors, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean it sucks because like like when I said like. 1986 was the the year. I mean, it really was the year. And um, I feel like had he, had Stuart Gordon continued on, he could have made some fucking great movies. You know? Like, I mean, we first of all, 1986 gave us Night of the Creeps. That is like one of my favorite movies of all time. I can't help it. A Deadly Friend um, gave us Little Shop of Horrors remake. Um... I mean, just gave us so many amazing movies, horror movies that I just can't, I mean, stupid crap like Slaughter High, which, you know, just crap. Critters, um, April Fool's Day. But like 1986 was like the year. And I, I feel like he, if he would have just continued on Stuart Gordon, he, he could have just made some really fucking rad stuff well it would have been nice if studios got behind them a little more because it was more right. like these in the cult people were doing it yeah you know you only have trauma only made you know trauma charles band all these guys uh roger corman they, they were doing these movies on the cheap and they were they were giving like everybody their start but no none of the big studios would give a lot of these guys credit and Stuart gordon's one of those guys they just didn't put faith into somebody like him I know, so, and that's upsetting. It is upsetting. Um, and I get it, though. I do get it. Because, like, I mean, who wants to put stock in movies like this, you know? Yeah, I mean, like, I, well, right now you can see the boom in horror. Right, but now, I mean, if, like, you're a huge name, you know? Like, oh. if you're John Carpenter or something. Well, John Carpenter really it. didn't get love either. I, I think people really just don't realize how little these people were given, like, anything to do. Like, John Carpenter's movies were on bust, and his career really lingered in like nonsense movies in the end of his career yeah but in 1978 he did halloween and that was huge yeah and then they gave so... him some budget and the thing flopped flopped heavily i mean that is shocking it's shocking and then <sighs> after that he just did not make commercial films that were big i mean i saw all of his movies in the theater but a lot of those end ones are not good same thing with west craven same thing with all these guys like they they started losing faith, and Wes Craven's on you know record saying, "I get it, you know, you got to make the things that make them money." And you know what? He's right though. He's he right, right, unfortunately, but at the same time, give them faith because you see what happened with Wes Craven in the movie Cursed. That mm-hmm. is a shit show, and it just shows you that they didn't trust him. They edited the movie. They changed it. Yeah, uh, this I mean, keeps happening. It's, it kind it's... of like goes along with. I mean, yes, having faith in a in a filmmaker. Like somebody had faith in Tim Burton. I mean, he made Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Well, Tim Burton, <laughs> Tim Burton is a, a exception because he just kept 
evolving into blockbuster territory. Right. No one trusted him. started out with like a weird, you know, situation. Pee-wee's Big Adventure was, I mean, yes, we did have Pee-wee's Playhouse. Yes, we did. But Pee-wee's Big Adventure was like a huge, like. I think Pee-wee's Playhouse came after the movie. Did it? Mm -hmm. Really? Yeah, because I think the stage show, the comedy stand-up is what spawned the movie. I thought we had Pee-wee's Playhouse before that. I don't think so. No, because it's completely different. And nobody involved, because Phil Hartman wrote Pee-wee's uh, Big Adventure. I, and Phil oh, Hartman wasn't right. a part of the show okay. at all. They had a falling out. I don't know what happened there. But yeah, Tim Burton, the reason that the, the show was so different from the movies, the movies were a little more adult. The show was more for kids, so it was completely different. But yeah, uh, Tim Burton, the thing that happened with Tim Burton is nobody trusted comic book movies at all. But he got a comic book movie, and it nailed it, and it was successful. And his career okay. went up from there. There's a difference when you, uh, you take a long shot and you actually turn out something huge. No one knew that Spider-Man or Batman were going to be that huge. Yeah, I guess you're right. I mean... Yeah, you're right. I mean, and then you, well, and then Tim Burton, you can also look at what happened after that. Pee-wee's Playhouse um, came out on the, in 19, surprisingly, 1986. Um, and then Pee-wee's Big Adventure was 19, 1985. So you're right. Mm -hmm. I thought it was because the, the other popularity way of the, the, sh the movie made the show. I get it. Okay. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. I thought it was the other way around. No, he was doing it. It was like a Second City. Stage shows, all the famous people were all doing their stage show with him. Oh, okay, I get it. All right, cool. Um, okay. Yeah, but Tim Burton, look what happened after Tim Burton with that, though, well, right? So he makes Batman, makes a huge success, Yeah. and then they didn't have any faith in him. They basically fired him off Batman 3. He didn't want to do it anyways, but then he makes crap like Planet of the Apes. Well, but he made a whole bunch of shit, amazing stuff before that. <laughs> You know, he made Beetlejuice, and he made Edward Scissorhands and stuff before no, that. No, no doubt. You but... know, so like... I mean, somebody out there had to have faith in him, you know? And I feel like somebody had to have faith in Stuart Gordon at some point. But, you know, whatever. I, I wish we would have gotten a sequel to this Dolls movie because it would have been fun. And I would love to see the continuing adventures of, you know, Gabriel and, and Hillary. Well, I'm with you because the, uh, I think we talked about this uh, last month with our remakes uh, episodes. We were talking about uh, horror movie remakes and we were talking about movies we'd like to see remade. And I wouldn't mind a movie in this uh, vein you know, being remade. Here's the thing about that, though. They would use ridiculous CG. And it would oh, look goofy. It would seeing, look really stupid. If we, we're seeing anything like uh, we just saw Five Nights at Freddy's not too long ago, um, they use practical effects to make the puppets. You get Jim Henson people involved and stuff like this. There's a, there's a very easy way of doing this. Mm -hmm. And it could be great. And if you use that practical effects and you made a scary fucking doll movie, you could make a pretty cool movie with this. Yeah. The concept is very easy. It's not one of those movies that's like, how dare you remake it? This is one of those movies you're like, oh, yeah, you could do something new with it. It doesn't even need to be a remake. It could be a continuation. I, I get that, you know, and I would, I'm, I'm on board for that. I am. Even though this is like a beloved movie in, in my eyes, like I, you know, since I was young, I, I, I'm on board for that. I yeah. am. Sure. I'm the same way with Puppet Master. I want it. You know, I want those demonic toys and stuff like that. I want those that to be upgraded to, to yeah. new versions of these things. I think that'd be really fun. Yeah. It's like, um, what's his name? Ugh. Don Mancini mm -hmm. with Chucky. Yeah. I mean, he's still doing he's this. He's still doing it. Yeah, it's you amazing. Know? And he is using it's practical It's very unique. Effects, yeah, people know? don't want to give uh, that series credit. No. But the same guy has been doing that same series 
and he's constantly involving it, it needs to be praised. I mean, yeah. No, I mean, nobody real. has the staying power like Chucky has. No, Chucky is. Uh, I mean, the this most is amazing a, horror icon. I'll argue this until I'm dead. This isn't an episode on Chucky. But nowadays, people seem to want their playthings mass-produced. Nobody wants dolls that are special anymore, that are one of a kind. I do. Yes, I believe you do. Well, so, I can make it an episode on Chucky. Okay. All right. He's, he's everything. Well, what is your? Uh, why we can't have nice things. We're going to, okay, so I'll, I'll start with the one one review. You want to do that one? Okay. <laughs> You're looking at me like, what? Okay, here. All right, hold on, let me find. Mm. Well, at least the old fart stock some good wine. It tastes musty, just like this house. <laughs> I've been drinking. I'm sorry, I've been drinking. Give me a minute. I think we should drink every time that you say, I've been drinking. You know what? I don't appreciate this. All right. So, this is kind of a long one. Okay. So, it's uh, 10 out of 10. This is a 10 out of 10. <laughs> I love that. It's a 10 out of 10. God bless <laughs> yeah, these people. Okay. This has got to be a Stuart Gordon fan. Um, okay. Well, it's, it's titled, A Truly Magical Fantasy Horror from the Legendary Charles Band Camp. Legendary B-movie producer, writer, director Charles Band brought us many of the little cult fantasy horrors that haunted our childhoods. Back in the 80s, Charles Band had Empire Pictures Productions before creating Full Moon Features in 1989. I grew up watching a bunch of his Empire-released films, such as Dolls and Robot Jocks and Ghoulies and Ghoulies 2 and Troll and Arena. From what I can remember... These movies always had a great artwork that stood out in the video stores, especially dolls. Now I consider Puppet Master to be my favorite of the killer doll subgenre, but dolls is definitely in my top three with Puppet Master and demonic toys. I grew up watching Puppet Master 1 and 2 and dolls and Child's Play 1 and 2 and demonic toys and Dolly Dearest. All great films in my opinion. Dolls isn't directed by Band, though. It's directed by Stuart Gordon, an inventive creative director who, who's done a bunch of films for Charles Band, including Reanimator and From Beyond. Dolls is a gothic horror that's full of fantasy and humor that's all blended perfectly together to create a real late-night treat. A bunch of people ended up at a huge old spooky mansion during a huge storm a nasty couple with a lovely little girl end up in a mansion as their car broke down and a nice guy and two hitchhiker punk chicks end up there too so he's giving a whole synopsis stephen lee was a gem of an actor or character actor as they say but he just never made it big lee is similar to other comic greats such as james belushi or dan Aykroyd or john candy do you see that mm -hmm. okay such a shame uh, because Lee was a very funny and likable guy. I'm a big fan and consider him a favorite of mine. I'm sad to hear that Stephen died in his late 50s from a heart Jesus, attack. This is a real synopsis. He was a very likable and funny guy on screen, did his best work in Dolls, because it gave him his movie, his name first, and his main character, and he's the heart and the humor of this film. Okay. Um... A dolls is actually very creepy and very bloody and violent at times. The dollar, the killer dolls are brought magically to life with that beautiful stop motion and puppetry that old school horror did so well. Still better than CGI. 
Dolls is a cult classic that should be rediscovered and loved. Dolls is fun. It's a fun fright flick from the glory days of low-budget B-movie filmmaking and one of the best from Charles Band Productions. So that's a 10. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, the 10 is all about nostalgia factor. And, and, I, and that's one of the things I can't stand is when people can't separate their love of nostalgia versus a review. There needs to be a separation there because it's not fair. To, because you're always going to come down to, like, what's your favorite movie? You know, it, this is your favorite movie ever made. This is a perfect film. Come on. Okay. That's why, one of the reasons why we can't have nice things. But, yeah, what's the one? Okay, so the one is, and then, let me just state for the record that there is only one one-star review okay. here. Okay, so this is Full Moon Productions, What Are You Guys Doing? Okay, so this movie is terrible. It's about wasting money and effort on incomprehensible nonsense. I mean, you could buy a boat and name it Dolls. That boat is way more entertaining than this movie. On top of that, you could set your boat you named Dolls on fire. Film that Inferno, and that would be a better movie. Wow, Jesus Christ. Okay, that's rough. That's a 1 out of 10. First of all, I, that's this movie is so much fun. It's, it's so much fun. Yeah. Like, how dare you say that it's, you know, an inferno of crap? It is not. Yeah. It's it, it's just, it's fun. You have to go into these movies knowing that you're going to get something ridiculous and over the top. But yet, you, know, you still got some gore. You still got some, you know, creep factor. And um, it's just a classic. Yeah. Like, how could you go into this movie thinking otherwise? Yeah, I mean, it's a little too extreme. I mean, that's really harsh. Yeah. Nothing about it. He didn't enjoy anything about it. It was ridiculous. Right. I mean, my review, personally, is a little over the top. My personal review. I gave it a seven. <laughs> Close to it. Whoa. Because I, this movie holds a special place in my heart and always will for nostalgia reasons. And not because it's brilliant filmmaking, but because it's... Yeah, but if we start reviewing things on nostalgia, then everything's going to be swayed. Everything's going to be, like, blurred. Well, if you want to go... That's like me giving Godzilla films that I know aren't that great perfect scores because of nostalgia. I get that. I get that. So if you want to be... Okay, you want to go into the reality factor. This movie's a five. It's it's entertaining. It's mediocre. However, I gave it a seven for my own personal vault of, you know, meaningful horror movies because it has... You know, it has something from my childhood. But if you look at this in, like, you know, a subjective, like, a with, you know, real eyes. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. More, not subjective. But not like, subjective. Oh, just uh, being honest. Like, is this, like... Like, if you look at this in, in you know, with a real eyes, you'll see that it's, it's not that good. It is not. It is clearly a four or a five, but it's fun. And um, yeah. you'll have a good time with it. Yeah, we always say that movies that are so bad it's good kind of get elevated each time. And it depends on how much elevated it is. So even if a movie isn't good and you start going down to the bottom, Mm -hmm. it starts pumping back up because of your overall experience and your enjoyment. Yeah. Um, I usually don't like giving things like this a five. But I got got to the point where I kept going up enough. I enjoy the characters. Mm -hmm. I enjoy the, the dolls. I enjoy the practical effects. I enjoy the kills are funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, sure. Technically, it's all over the place. Uh, the tone mix is all over the place. Uh, yes, there's a lot of film really flubs. Explained. There's a uh, lot of yeah. Fil- yeah. And so you kind of know that there's problems, but I also still know that it is actually a fun, 
fun watch. It's hilarious. It's a great fun time. And, and so I give it a five as well. I, I, I hate giving things fives because it's usually my least favorite movies. But this is just elevated enough where I'm like, it's good background. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, so if I'm going to put something on and just enjoy something for fun in the back and I'm going to glance at it every couple minutes. Yeah, that's the this is the kind of movie you want to watch. Yes, for sure, for yeah. sure, yeah. And I, I think most of Charles Mann's, you know, stuff kind of feels like that, mm-hmm. where you're like, I like this to a point. I know there's a lot of problems, but there's something about this that I just really enjoy. Yeah, and it's the same thing as to Recordings Reanimator. I mean, we uh, love it because we love Jeffrey Combs. It I is schlock. Uh, it's schlocky, but it is yeah. a almost a student film made expertly well in directing it there's some crazy great stuff mm-hmm. there are some fun bits i like that movie a little bit right more. and so we elevate that because of how we you know the nostalgia our love of jeffrey combs our love of the schlock so yeah, yeah I, I mean, mean yeah it, there's I, a lot of factors that incorporate and it's also supposed to be schlocky some it of is. these films aren't like some of these films are still being films Yes. Whereas, like, Evil Dead 2 knows what it is. You oh, know what I mean? Course. And so yeah. you have to rate it off of that. Scary Movie is supposed to be that stupid. You know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah. this movie was trying to be a regular movie. Yes. It wasn't trying to be schlocky on purpose. It was just trying to be a fun, good movie. Mm-hmm. So you rate it like that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think a five is perfect. Yeah. But I get it. I get completely why this is one of those movies. I do enjoy it. It's great. So, yeah, I, I understand why we, you picked it, and I understand why you loved it for so long. I mean, I, I, I love it forever. I yeah. mean, it's part of my childhood. I, I, it's one of the first horror movies that I ever truly loved, you know, and uh, I'll never, ever stop loving it. I'll never stop loving it. And that brings me to a, a good segue, because next week we're going to dive into a movie that is shit-tastic in a way that I just could not get enough of it. When I was a child, I rented this movie so much that the video store owner said to my mom, why don't you just buy it? You're going to break the tape sooner or later anyways. <laughs> and that would be Super Inframan. A motion picture that will stagger your imagination. Inframan, the ultimate in science fiction. From the fantastic people, Shaw Brothers, classic. Every this is a movie that stole from everything. This is a Power Rangers ripoff. This is an everything ripoff, and I just adore it. And I watched it into the ground. And so have I, because I have married you. Yes, and I just adore <laughs> it. And I we could drink every time someone does a backflip. All right. Well, I'm gonna be fucking wasted next week. Super Inframan. Quit moaning about that toy and get moving. All right, everybody, we're going to get out of here because we're nice and toasty. And uh, we thank you for listening, anybody who's listening out there. And if you are listening and you have some thoughts on Dolls, Charles Band, Stuart Gordon, our thoughts on it, anything, we'd love to hear about it. And always, we always want to hear your movies that you love that are so bad it's good or movies that you think are the worst movies are made. That's the kind of movies we want to watch. So give us some hints, give us some uh, input, and uh, hit us up on social media at... The Crafty Misfit, or uh, uh, Just Another Movie Night. We'd love to hear it. Thank you so much again. Have a good one. Well, I'm certain that people with an appreciation for objects that were made with loving care... Yeah, but are they anticues? Anticues? You know, valuable old shit. Oh, no. Stuff. Antiques. 
Well, I suppose you could call some of these things antique. They are old. I suppose you could call me an antique, too. I'm just as old as half of this stuff. Yeah, <laughs> you sure are. Pleasant dreams. Don't let the bed bugs bite.